years old that were celebrating God's creation. Do not fear, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Do not fear, animals of the world, for the pastures of wilderness are green. The tree bears its fruit, the fig tree and vine give their full yield. O children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord your God, for God has given you rain, poured down for you abundant rain, and the threshing floors shall be full of grain, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. We are, I mean you and I, we're trying to do something beautiful. We're trying to be the church. Which means we're trying to become companions, which literally means, in its root, those who break bread together. And so we're trying to become companions through fellowship and sacrifice, service, prayer, and yes, fun and play. We wish, we dream to be the church so that both the prosperous and the despairing, the, the agile and the disabled, the privileged and the excluded, are all companions for the journey of faith. Together, we're trying to do something beautiful. We're trying to be the church. And caring for God's creation is one of the bricks that builds this church. So I know of a preacher who gave a sermon one weekend at a retreat center in the mountains. And her sermon was apparently a wonderful one, and it was inspiring, and, and it was rooted in, in hope and in the gospel. And as she came to her conclusion, a person at the back of this, it was an open-air sanctuary, began to yell, scream in terror. And soon those around him were moving around, and people were really upset, until finally something went scrambling off into the trees, and the man yelled, honest to goodness, this is the truth, pastor, it's okay. It was just a squirrel. <laughs> Everyone laughed, and the preacher got back to the important business of the evening. But she says that months later, she saw someone at the grocery store who stopped her and, and happened to have been at the service and said, Reverend, I want to thank you for your powerful words at the retreat. I was so inspired by your sermon about squirrels. <laughs> So I want to tell you at the very beginning, this sermon is not about squirrels. It's not even a sermon about monarch butterflies whose habitats are endangered and shrinking. It's not a sermon about a warming world caused by us. It's not even a sermon about the beloved boundary waters, even as its place as the cleanest fresh water in the world is being threatened by mining just outside of it. It isn't a sermon about any of those things. It's a sermon about us. Well, it's really a sermon about Jesus' greatest commandment, who says that we should love God as we love our neighbors. And one of the ways we have learned to love God and to love our neighbors is by also loving God's creation. I mean, we know this, but the the environment is our home. It's yours, it's mine, and it's our neighbors, both those who are close and those who are far. 
And so as Christians, as people of faith who are trying to be the church, we have to ask the question, what on earth are we doing? One of my understandings of Christian stewardship is drawn from the root meaning of the word economics. It's a Greek word, actually. It's root, and it literally means to manage one's home. The environment is God's home. And frankly, we haven't been managing it very well for our children and our children's children. I mean, yes, I am delighted and proud of our congregation in the Green Team Ministry, which not only has sought to make our building, but this congregation better stewards of God's resources. I mean, you must remember how astonished we all were by how many plastic caps from bottles we collected made them into benches. And imagine the truckload after truckload of styrofoam they've collected and recycled. But I also don't want you to forget our rummage sale, which has for almost, get this, 65 years, has filled the education building with lawnmowers that still mow lawns, with chairs that are sat in, books that are reread, clothes that are reused and enjoyed, as opposed as opposed to filling a landfill with old coffee makers and unwanted Christmas globes. I mean, think about it. That building twice a year for 65 years instead of going to a landfill. I always say that's recycling before recycling was hip. There are all kinds of ways to practice stewardship of God's creation. And since, remember, this is a sermon not about squirrels or the boundary waters, and since This is a sermon about the ways we love our neighbors. Let's talk more about what that means. In the Gospels, the idea of loving your neighbor leads Jesus to tell the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, oddly enough, the parable of the Good Samaritan might be emblematic of what it means to care for our environment. You remember the story. The Good Samaritan was a stranger lying there injured, He saw the stranger lying there injured, but what the Good Samaritan did was remarkable. He did not turn away. The Good Samaritan was moved. I mean, his heart broke. And so the Good Samaritan also did something that was surprising. He challenged the rules of his world. He sacrificed. He showed mercy. And he became an agent in the man's healing. What the Good Samaritan did wasn't easy but it was right, and it was born out of love. Remember that, it wasn't easy, but it was right, and it was born out of love. And I want to suggest to you that we have work to do on very concrete and real levels to love our neighbors. Some here have already changed the way they live. Some of you are teaching children new ways to live, and teaching one another that individual actions matter. We can recycle more, drive less, turn off the water when we brush our teeth. Some of you are refusing to profit from the destruction of creation, like the boundary waters. And others are working on using renewable energy sources. However, if you wish to be inspired to act, or actually inspired to do more, then let me send you back to Jesus for a moment. 
Jesus did minister, of course, on, a minister, on an individual level to people. He gave a blind man sight. He helped a bent-over woman to stand up straight. But Jesus also cast a broader vision of the way the world could be. And he called it the kingdom of God. So yes, we should reduce our individual carbon footprints. We should insulate our homes. We should bike more and drive less. And we should look at our investments. But why? Because. Because as Christians, not only do we love God's creation and remember that God called creation good, but we also love Jesus, who imagined a kingdom where we would love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And Jesus consistently told the disciples then and today, we can build it. And we have to. This is what I know. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can even love our neighbors enough to heal this planet we share with them. My friends, without a doubt, I believe the scientific consensus on climate change. We have harmed our ecosystem. The fish of the sea, the birds of the air, yes, maybe even the squirrels, but most definitely human beings, children of God, are already suffering as a result of that harm. Our deadline for the healing of the earth is fast upon us. And as much as I believe the science, I love science, I also believe in something else. I believe in God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, our source of hope, our peace, which passes all understanding. And so I want to invite you not just to hope for something that's out there in the vague and uncertain future, but instead I want you to hope in God now. Because we must place our hope in God to activate our hearts and our lives. And it means that we will align ourselves with God's purposes, with God's values, and with Jesus' vision of a kingdom governed by love. I hope, I hope in and believe in a God who hopes and believes that we will care for creation. But I want you to know, this is not a sermon about squirrels. It's not a sermon about the boundary waters. It's a sermon about loving God. It's a sermon about stewardship. And a good stewardship sermon is supposed to remind us, whatever time of the year we receive it, that the gifts, and they are gifts that you and I have been given, do not belong to us. The gifts that we have been blessed with are not ours to do whatever we want with them or simply to process into something else, but the gifts and the blessings we receive are a responsibility to care for them. I believe in the science, and I believe in the hope that God gives us. And this is what the hope might look like. It's an old rabbinical story. And it's short, and it says that there was a very wise person who heard 
that the end of the world was coming near. And when he heard that the end of the wor world was near, you know what he did? He went out into his garden and he planted a tree. The story is meant to be a statement of courage, of audacity, of hope. If we take seriously the part of what it means to be the church, if we take seriously that part which is to care for God's creation, then let us not only plant new trees as signs of hope, but we must lovingly tend to the ones we have already been given. Friends, let us be the church. Let us love God, let us love neighbor, and let us care for God's creation. Amen.